Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. God wanted Philip to really look at, did he believe and trust God? Did Philip really believe in the power of God and the miracles that he's seen? Did he remember Moses that God provided food in the wilderness? Did Philip remember God provided food for Elijah? If God can provide for Moses and God can provide food for Elijah miraculously, then he can provide food in this situation. So God is testing Philip's faith. Listen, God will test your trust. And you say, well, that that hadn't happened to me yet. Listen, hang around long enough and it will. You just hold on and hang around long enough and it will. Sometimes things have to happen in our lives to test our trust. It happened with Abraham in Genesis 22. It happened to the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. God will always give you a test just a little. Listen, listen. God will always give you a test just a little past your trust. God will give you a test just past your trust. If God only tested me as far as I already trust him, I'd never mature. At the same time, God won't put more on you than you can bear. And by the way, that is not a scripture verse. I've heard people say, well, you know what God said? God won't put more on you than you can bear. I'm like, where did God say that at? That is not in the Bible. Listen, that verse, the concept is in the Bible, but the actual verse, God won't put more than you can bear, that is not in the Bible. God won't test you so far that you mess it up. Somebody once said that God will keep one hand on a thermostat and one hand on you. So he won't let you mess it up. So Philip needs a little trust test. And like everyone, the first thing he does is he tries to work things out mathematically. Philip said 200 denarii, six months wages isn't enough. Now listen, the problem is in two parts here. First, they don't have the money to feed the multitude. Second, even if they did have the money, it would be impossible to purchase enough food to feed them all. Interesting, Philip thought in terms of money and how much money it would take to carry out God's work in a small way. In other words, to have the ability to give everyone a little bite, he was limiting God. So Philip was tested past his faith, and he actually failed. Chuck Smith said, when God puts you to a test, try and pass it. You might have to take it again. Isn't that true? And it always amazes me and interests me. Philip says, did y'all get this? Oh, we don't have enough. And Jesus is standing right there. I, thank God I ain't God. 
I would have tapped Philip on the shoulder and said, Philip, hello. <laughs> hey, I'm God. I can do anything. What do you mean I don't have enough? Philip failed to add Jesus into the calculation. And many times God doesn't do great things in your life because we fail to factor him into the equation. Somebody once said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. And that's true. Look at verse 9. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, there's a little boy here with a sack lunch of five barley loaves and two fish. But that's nothing for this crowd. Now, barley loaves is about the size of your fish, fist. And the fish wasn't a big tuna. They were like little sardines. You know, there are always these so-called scholars out there who try to disprove the miracles in the Bible. And this one guy, I'll tell you about the Red Sea one later because it's just as ridiculous as this one. But this one guy said, concerning the feeding of the 5,000, he said, with the two fish and the five loaves of bread, it wasn't a miracle. Rather, a little boy gave his lunch. And when the boy offered his lunch, it touched the hearts of the people, and all the people who had lunch up their sleeves were moved and began to share. And you know, in those days, they wore robes, and they had bell sleeves up their robes. So what this guy is saying is that the little fella, that little fella had his little lunch, his little mommy made him a little peanut butter and jelly, in this case, a McFish. I get paid the big bucks to go with this stuff, y'all. And, and, and when he, that little fella, took out his little lunch and gave it, everybody's heart was touched. And they said, oh, isn't that cute? And then they start taking their lunch out of their sleeve and they start giving it to anybody. Listen, that's just stupid. That's just stupid. This isn't the miracle of the hidden lunch up the sleeve. <laughs> It's the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 or the 15,000 men, women, and children feeding of hungry people. So they didn't think that they had enough. In verse 10, Jesus said, give them something to eat. Number three, miraculous feeding in verse 10 through 12. Look at verse 10. Jesus said, make the people sit down. This is beautiful, isn't it? God provided them a comfortable green carpet to sit on. Now, if you've been in this area on our trips to Israel, you know there's a lot of green grass around the Sea of Galilee, enough for a lot of people to sit down on. Jesus said, make the people sit down. Listen, every time I say that, preach that, I think of uh, Psalm 23. And he maketh me, y'all say it with me, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now listen, Mark 6, put the story together, Mark 640 tells us, so they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. Imagine that job, getting 15,000 people to get in groups of hundreds and fifties. And think about it, 12 people serving 15,000 people for dinner. So don't ever complain again in line at the church potluck. <laughs> Say amen. amen. Not going to do it. Think about it. The crowd didn't know what was going on. The disciples didn't know what was going on. They were just being obedient to Jesus. Now watch this. Their faith may have failed, but their obedience didn't. You might want to write this down. If you lose your faith, but not your obedience, you're in good shape. 
But if you lose your faith and you lose your obedience, stick a fork in you and call you done. You are done. The only way for you to pass the trust test is to simply obey. You don't have to understand, just obey. Sometimes this Christian life is just simply boils down to obedience. Can I get a witness? Somebody know what I'm talking about? I can't. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. I cannot tell you. And I'll just keep it real. I can't tell you how many times I did not feel like coming up here to preach. Contrary to what you might think, I don't always feel like preaching. Y'all probably think I preach 24-7. No, I don't. I can't. I don't always feel like it. I come up here to preach, and and it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. you got to be, you know, thought-provoking and deep and theological and profound and funny and and provocative, and you got to be all these things at one time, and it's not that easy. And sometimes I just don't feel like it. Even on a Sunday morning, I don't feel like it. Don't get me wrong. I love Jesus. Don't y'all walk out of here and go say, oh, my pastor done backslid. He don't love the Lord. He don't love God. The man is, he's gone. All right, don't do that. I'm just keeping it 100 for you, okay? Because I love you and I want you to understand. It's okay not to feel like it. But just because you don't feel like it doesn't mean you don't do it. When you don't feel, I'm waiting while you clap your hands there. Because when you don't feel like it, actually, I'll tell you another little secret. I didn't tell them first and third, first and second, so y'all getting a Benny. When you don't feel like it, it's in those times that you actually go follow through with obedience. That's when God blesses it the most. It's an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing. It's amazing. But sometimes you just don't feel like it, but the Christian life boils down to obedience. The only way for God to take you up to new trust is for, I'm just trying to help you. The only way for God to take you up to new trust is for you to obey. So they have weak faith, but their obedience is on point. Look at verse 11. Jesus took the little biscuits and gave thanks, distributed to the disciples. The disciples gave to those who were sitting down, and the same with the fish. But notice what it doesn't say. Jesus multiplied the loaves. It doesn't say that. The implication is they were handing it out, and it kept coming from nowhere. In other words, Jesus was creating and creating and creating and creating. The creator is at work. They just kept handing it out. And I wonder what the disciples are thinking. They get the basket. Get the scene. Huh? They get the baskets all full, and then they got the peoples in the hundreds and the fifties, and then they get the baskets all full, and they take it and they hand it out and hand it out and hand it out and hand it out, and then nothing's in the basket, and they're on their way back, and by the time they get back, the basket is full again. Again. And they go back out and they hand it out, hand it out, hand it out, hand it out, and they come back. And one of the other disciples going this way, another disciple's going that way, and they're looking at each other, going, Can you believe this? And then they, they go back and go back, and it's getting full, and they come back and they go, Man, this is a trip. And it's hot and it's coming with butter. Okay, I added that. Okay, so. <laughs> 
But the thing that you don't want to miss, listen, is that God used the disciples to be a part of this miracle. He didn't need them. He could have created the food. He could have created the fish. He could have made the fish swim through the grass and go right up to the people if he wanted to, which tells me and causes me to think the miracle wasn't for the crowd. It was for the disciples. It was a test trust for them. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Oh, somebody needs I'm going to try that again. Some of y'all don't know. Uh-huh. I, I know that's hard for you to go on the foolish thing because you think you're all that. You're not all that. You're not lovely. I'm building your self-esteem right now. I, what'd you learn at church today? I'm not lovely. Man. I'm just not lovely. You're not. You're not all that in a bag of chips. You're not a trophy in God's curios. Ooh, God is so happy he got you. I don't think so. Nah. You're lucky you know him. You're blessed that you know him. God uses the foolish things of the world to do great things. He used a cry of a baby to move the heart of Pharaoh's daughter. He used a shepherd's staff to do mighty miracles in Egypt. He used a sling and a stone to conquer a nation. He used a widow with a little meal to sustain his prophet. He used a little child to teach his disciples a lesson in humility. God wants to use you and God wants to use me. But I love verse 11. Look at the end of verse 11. They ain't as much as they wanted. Are you looking at the end of verse 11? They ate as much as they wanted. You know this is the first mention of all you can eat? Man didn't come up with that. Man don't come up with nothing. The Bible said there's nothing new under the sun. This is the first mention of all you can eat. It's right here. Amen. Third service. They stuffed themselves and everyone was full. When Jesus provides a meal, don't you know he provides a feast? Not a little bit, not like horse duvers, but a whole feast. <laughs> Amen. Why do people laugh every time I say that? Every service. I don't get it. He just provides a feast. And the little boy probably went home and said, Mom, your lunch was so good, Jesus wanted to share it with a bunch of people. Point number four, many fragments, verse 12 through 13. Look at it. When they were filled, Jesus said, gather up the leftovers. Mark 14, 20 tells us they did all eat and were filled. In the Greek language, that word filled is glutted. That's what you experience when you go to Golden Corral. They took up 12 baskets left over, which probably tastes better the next day. There are always leftovers in God's economy. When you think you're exhausted and you've exhausted God's grace, there's more left over. Can somebody say amen? And the question, listen, and the question is, why did he have them gather all this up? Was it Keep Galilee Beautiful campaign? No, I think for three reasons. You got a pen? Number one, no sense in wasting food. Number two, a memorial. The fragments or the leftovers acted as a were you with me on Wednesday? Have you been with me on Wednesday night? Acted as an Ebenezer. And I told you an Ebenezer can be anything. An Ebenezer means thus far the Lord has helped. 
the leftovers wasn't Ebenezer. And notice how many baskets were left over. Come on, answer. How many baskets were left over? Uh-huh. And how many disciples were there? I think Jesus was giving them a to-go box. Amen. Number five. Finally, Messiah foretold, verse 14 and 15. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is coming to the world. Now, the reference to the prophet points to Deuteronomy, write it in your margins, Deuteronomy 18, 15, which says that God will raise up a prophet like Moses, but so much more Jesus is. Look at verse 31 and 32 of chapter 6. Jesus says he is greater than Moses. He gave bread from heaven. Jesus is saying, I don't just give the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Look at verse 15. They're trying to make Jesus king by force. Jesus withdrew. Jesus is a king, but not the kind of king they think. Jesus is making the point that he came into the world to rule the hearts of men. And he didn't come to be a military captain but by being their bread. Are you listening? Jesus says, I'm going to triumph not by subduing armies, but by satisfying souls. I'm not going to conquer with the power of armed forces, but with the power of radically new appetites. The point of making the bread from nothing is the Son of God has come into the world not to give you bread, but to be your bread. Gosh, I got to say that again. The point of making the bread from nothing is the Son of God has come into the world not to give you bread, but to be your bread, to be your all-nourishing and all-satisfying bread. Three quick quick reasons, uh, lessons that we can take away from here, and then I'm going to let you go. Number one, listen, whatever you have in your hand... Hand it over to him. He makes it go a long way. He makes a little go a long way, doesn't he? God can take that little we have and do a lot with it. The insignificant and insufficient become significant and sufficient in the hands of Jesus. We see this picture throughout scripture. Dust is insignificant, but in the hands of the creator, it became a man. The jawbone of a donkey is insignificant and insufficient to fight a battle, but in the hand of God and through the power of God, Samson killed a thousand of his enemies. Five stones and a slingshot is insufficient for battle, but by the direct power and pinpoint accuracy of the Holy Spirit, David killed Goliath. So start with what you have. Here's the mathematics of a miracle. You got a pen? Write it down. Five loaves plus two fish equals not enough. Five loaves plus two fish plus Jesus Christ, more than enough. Without him, nothing. With him, everything. Notice number two. We're learning. Just three lessons to learn. Jesus, notice, only worked when the bread was placed in his hand. When the fish sandwiches were in his hands, then he could do the miracle. And we need to simply by faith take what we have and put it in his hands. And then the miracle will happen. Miracles happen in his hands, not 
hours. And until then, you are in control and God can't work. Number three, finally, God wants to use us to bring the bread of life to the world. Did you notice that all the other miracles that Jesus performed, the disciples were spectators? They stood watching in the healing of the blind man. Are you listening? They stood watching in the healing of the blind man. They stood watching in the cleansing of a leper. They stood watching when Jesus said to the man by the pool of Bethesda, do you want to walk? Take up your bed and walk. They stood watching. But in the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, they are participants. The bread was put in his hand, and then he, Jesus, put it in their hands. Here's the message. Jesus did what the disciples couldn't do, but Jesus wouldn't do what the disciples could do. I'll say that again. Jesus did what the disciples couldn't do, but Jesus wouldn't do what the disciples could do. Listen, he's God. He could have caused the bread to float right into everybody's mouth. Or he could have put a loaf of bread in everybody's pocket. But he wants to work through you also. Jesus will not do what you are expected to do. Listen to me. Jesus will only do what he can only do. And then you must do what you're supposed to do. For example, you cannot fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. He will do that for you. But if you say you want to be a godly man and you want to be a godly woman and you want to be on fire for God, then you must not pray about being a godly man, not praying about being a godly woman, but you got to pray. You got to read your Bible. You got to go to church. You got ladies getting in a women's Bible study. You got to do what you got to do and God will do what he does. And God will only do what he can do and expect you to do what you need to do. You want to be godly? You want to be a godly woman, a better wife? Husbands, I'm trying to help you. Say preach, pastor. And you want to be a better wife? Then, 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 then go to Bible study. And don't listen to Oprah. <laughs> Amen. What did I tell you last week? What did Oprah say last week? I told y'all last week what Oprah said. She said, uh, what did she say? She said, uh, that, oh, she said, there can't be only one way to God. Listen, for the love of God, do not listen to Oprah. She will wreck your marriage. She'll wreck your life. Listen to Jesus. Say amen, ladies. Listen to Jesus. Do what you got to do. And husbands, if you want to be a godly man, then God will fill you with his Holy Spirit because that's what he does. You can't do that for yourself, fellas. Say amen. You can't do that. But what you need to do is you need to be a man of prayer. You need to go to men's breakfast. That's a plug for men's breakfast. Next Saturday morning at 730, they got real eggs, bacon, soul food. You got to pray. You got to go to men's Bible study. And you should be the one getting your family up to go to church. Uh Uh-huh. Say amen, ladies. I'm trying to help you. Y'all nudging your husband like, you better listen. You better open up and listen now. Wake up. 
You need to be husbands getting your family out of the bed. Hey, guys, let's go to church. Get ready. Come on. <laughs> I run out of energy. You need to do what you need to do. Jesus saves sinners, but he, he wants us to cooperate and preach the gospel. And when you say, God saved my friend or my family member, then you should start to share the gospel with them. Trust God to do what you can't do and do what you can do. Somebody say amen and clap your hands right there. Will you do that? And if we can learn anything from this text, just give him what you have. And he'll use it. I say, give God your lunch. Give him what you have. He'll use it. You'd be surprised. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.